Hey everyone, great to be with you guys. Um, who arrived uh, this morning that wasn't here last night? Okay, lots of us, wow. Uh, um, as a surfer, I often arrive at the surf and people say, you should have been here an hour ago. <laughs> should have been here last night. But don't worry, God's going to catch you up. Um, I ha- get to speak on the theme of Scripture. I get to speak on the theme of Scripture. Um, and uh, I am truly in love with the Bible. Um, you know, you become a Christian, you, meet, you find Jesus, you find the Bible, you find the Holy Spirit, you find community, you find a mission. And those are the things you just keep circling around and they just get more and more awesome as you go on. You're just so grateful that you've got Jesus and the Bible and the Holy Spirit and community and a mission. And then you've got friends and family who don't know Jesus. They don't stand in awe of the Bible. They don't have the Holy Spirit. They don't have a mission. And you're like, oh, you want so badly for them what you've got. And uh, for me, evangelism is, is really moved by uh, this feeling that what a God is too good to keep to myself. I think that's one of the things God is doing this weekend. He's just getting us excited again about what we've got so that we leave and go, okay, um, we could just pretend we're in heaven and circle around these awesome things for the rest of our days here. But actually, that's what eternity is for. While we have, we could do something now that we can't do then, and it's called drive back the darkness, advance the light. Um, Around the corner from my house was a lady who died of cancer. Her name's Anique. I actually forgot her name at a very crucial moment at her funeral. I was the pastor. And uh, I kind of walked a road with her. And I don't know how it happened. It was the most humiliating experience. I'm sure there had been pride in my heart that week. And um, I stood up to start speaking. And, you know, the first part of your message, you've got, you've got to mention her name 50 times in your sermon. And as I try to reach for the name, right in the beginning wasn't there so I circled around and then I started panicking and I was like and then I just suddenly stopped in my message and I said let's pray and I prayed but under my breath I don't know what I I prayed gibberish but under my breath I was like God give me her name (laughs) nothing and it was a bit I mean I was talking like three four hundred people funeral her kids in the front row and then I just have to I have to come clean I said, guys, this sounds really bad, but I forgot, I forgot her name. (laughs) And the shock. No support, no encouragement, just shock. And they all look at me and then I go, so what's her name? (laughs) I want to give me her name. And then everyone's still in shock and the daughter goes, and I went, pardon? (laughs) And I was like, you said it again. <laughs> it's like three or four times to get the name Anique out of, out of here. What a mortifying experience. But anyway, Anique. But anyway, Anique, uh, in the, she was one of these people who knew her, t- her, day, her time was short. And, and basically every day I'd wake up and say, God, any way you want to use me, use me today. And she had quite a prophetic gift. She is attentive to these little nudgings of the Spirit. So she tells us, she tells me, uh, she goes for a walk in the park around the corner, and there's this, there's this man digging in a bin. And she says, the Holy Spirit says, go to that man and tell that man that he needs to start reading the Bible because God wants to speak to him through it. Okay, so she goes up to this guy. Sorry, God told me that you need to start reading the Bible. He wants to speak to you through it. He goes, oh, thank you so much. And then, um, then he opens up his jacket and he pulls out this Bible. So she goes, oh, where, where did you get that? And he says, oh, I, th- I thought you saw. I just found it in the bin. 
<laughs> and then he realizes that, that, that this setup. I was so impacted by that story. <laughs> I mean, it got me thinking about a, bun a bunch of things. I mean, the one is, who threw the Bible in the bin to start? <laughs> I mean, isn't it sad that, that people would toss out of the book whose God would never give up on them? I mean, it breaks my heart. And, uh, and then it got me thinking about how this man had a lot of needs, but under all of our needs, the, the, our greatest need is the need for a God who has something to say to us. I also got thinking about what an awesome prophetic word that is. Start reading the Bible. God wants to speak to you through it. Because that's like, if you obey that one, then he's going to say a thousand things to you. <laughs> he's going to keep speaking to you. It's like asking for, you know, a thousand wish. wish I'll give you one wish. I want a thousand more. Okay. Uh, you know, and... Uh, the Bible, this amazing book that God has given us. And um, uh, in my book, What's Amazing About Scripture, I've got a chapter about reading the Bible, studying the Bible, preaching the Bible. But I want to speak to you about something less analytical, and it's the experience of the Bible, the experience of the Bible. And, um, and we're going to do a little bit of experience stuff. And uh, so listen to this, Jeremiah 15, verse 16. Your words were found, and I ate them. And your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. That's, that's Jeremiah. That doesn't sound like a, a Bible scholar who's just cerebrally, uh, first time I said that word, cerebrally, uh, you know, analyzed scripture. By the way, I love analyzing scripture. I, I love it. I love the intellectual side of Bible study and studying themes in scripture and trying to, you know, draw doctrine out of Scripture. But that verse speaks about this raw experience of Scripture. Your words were found, and I ate them, and your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. I mean, Jeremiah is saying that Scripture is food to savor. And uh, another lovely metaphor of experiencing Scripture is of Scripture as a plunge pool. We're told that Jesus cleanses the church by the washing with water through the Word. This, you know, he's, he's rinsing in the water. So yes, we get to intellectually immerse ourselves in the Bible, but we also need to find ways to baptize ourselves experientially into Scripture. Letting the Bible text uh, bypass or penetrate through our analytic approach to things and letting it cleanse us, refresh us, touch us, delight our hearts. And, um, and I want to just speak about two ways to do that are, that are as old as the church. In fact, they're older than the church. This is the way God's people from the earliest days, you know, I'm talking about the Old Testament, experienced the Word of God. And the first thing is this, memorize Scripture. Memorize Scripture. Listen to an earthly parent's plea to their child in Proverbs. My son, keep my words and store up my commands within you. Keep my commands and you will live. Guard my teachings as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. I mean, how much more should we do the same with our heavenly Father's words to us? We're to cherish God's word, storing it up within, keeping it as the apple of our eye. And memorizing passages in the Bible is, is one way that we can do this. And uh, I want to persuade you, if you've never done it before, uh, three ways, three reasons to memorize Scripture. So when I became a Christian, I, got in, I was 16 years old, and the youth pastor that was at this camp, he said, okay, now I'm going to disciple you. I said, you're going to what me? 
And what he meant is that he's going to meet with me and my friends after school on a Wednesday, and he's going to give us a little book, and we're going to fill in answers. <laughs> that was what disciple meant. You know? Obviously, it means more than that, but that's what I understood it to mean. And I remember this guy taking us to Scripture, and then when he quoted Scripture, he didn't look down at the book. He just looked at us. It came out of his head, not out of his reading. And I honestly just thought, that's what Christians do. They memorize Scripture. So I, off bat, just started memorizing Scripture because it's just what I thought that was Christianity. As the years ticked on, I realized actually it was quite a rare feat to memorize Scripture. No one, no one seemed to be doing it. But three reasons I think we should be doing it. Firstly, it enables you to feed on God's Word anytime, anywhere. I mean, Jesus as a boy, like all Jewish boys, would memorize the first five books of the Bible. Uh, I, I really struggled to even read Leviticus and half of Numbers and the second half of, you know, but he memorized it. And, and, and it's amazing when Jesus is tempted by Satan, he quotes a verse from Deuteronomy 6 verse 13, another verse from Deuteronomy 6 verse 16, another verse from Deuteronomy 8 verse 3. It seems like Jesus had that, that day been, you know, just going over Deuteronomy 6 to 8 in his mind. Because when he's tempted, you know, that's what he pulled out. Here's somebody who had the word not in his phone, not in a book, but in his head and in his heart. In the same way, we're told to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. Uh, memorizing select verses or passages makes this possible. Dallas Willard, a rock star in the world of spiritual formation and spiritual disciplines, he says this, Bible memorization is absolutely fundamental to spiritual formation. If I had to choose between all the disciplines of the spiritual life, I would choose Bible memorization because it's a fundamental way of filling our minds with what it needs. Another reason to memorize scripture is that, that God can speak to us and through us more readily. God can speak to us and through us more readily. Jesus teaches in John chapter 14 that he'll give us the Holy Spirit who will remind us of the things that he has previously said to us. So he teaches the disciples, you know, and then he says, don't worry, I'm going to send the Spirit. He'll remind you of what I've already said. The Holy Spirit it finds it pretty hard to speak to us if there's nothing in our head to remind us of. Ask people who've memorized scripture and they'll tell you many times when they were praying or when they were having a spiritual conversation with someone or when they were just trying to make a decision or maybe they're just daydreaming and out the blue, the scripture pops up uh, into their mind and they realize actually God is trying to communicate that to them. And, uh, you know, when it comes to, you know, listening to friends or caring for people, somebody's going through a hard time. You want to be listening to the person and what they're going through, but you also want to listen to the Spirit. And if you've got a bunch of Scripture in you, it's amazing how often the Holy Spirit will pull out something of that. And you'll go, as you pray for them, you'll have a Scripture for them. You'll have a Scripture for them. Says one biblical teacher, he says, No other single exercise pays greater spiritual dividends. Your prayer life will be strengthened. Your witnessing will be sharper and much more effective. Your attitudes and outlook will begin to change. Your mind will become alert and observant. Your confidence and assurance will be enhanced. Your faith will be solidified. Wow, okay, let's start memorizing Scripture already. Third reason to memorize Scripture is that it arms you for battle. It arms you for battle. Again, go back to Jesus. He's being tempted by Satan. Satan is trying to get him into a conversation. But Jesus doesn't talk Satan conversation. He just talks scripture. If you read, he doesn't, he doesn't reason with the devil. He just throws revelation at the devil. 
And he, again, he's just pulling out these scriptures. Psalm 119 says, I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. I wonder how many sins of attitude or action or even sins of omission, things we should have done and we didn't do, we've done simply because we didn't hide God's word inside of us. I wonder what it would have made to our adventure in becoming more like Jesus if we, if we were loading scripture into our mind and our heart. Ephesians says, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I've got a friend whose boy uh, is just going into high school, and uh, he's basically uh, got kind of an early onset, serious, um, like kind of obsessive compulsive syndrome, and it's really knocked this family and made this little boy's life very difficult. And this family is so moved by these, this clinic they've gone to where people are specially trained, but uh, what, what the mom was telling me is that actually when she was young, she realized she had a similar thing, just struggling with her mind. And what helped her was memorizing scriptures. And she says, she said to her boy, I've written out the same scriptures that helped me in my life. You need to read them. And she told me that, that every day this boy goes over the scriptures again and again and again. And now he's memorized some of it. And he says, Mom, it helps me so much. And she says, it's amazing how much it strengthened this boy spiritually. There's something about memorizing scripture that makes you closer to God. Because you think about it, you've taken God's words and you've just you've taken them into you. I mean, it's one way of, of taking God closer into our lives. So I want to give you just a bunch of ideas for memorizing scripture. And then we're going to actually have a chance to memorize scripture. I've got... 40 scriptures here. The first one is keep it accessible. Write it down uh, or store it on your phone so you can carry it with you and read it throughout the day. So if you go, okay, I want to I want to memorize the scripture, write it down. Put it somewhere because you're going to have to go over it a few times. Learn a verse at a time. The more you verbally repeat it, the more it will stick. Especially memorize the first few words well. You know, it, it's just those first three words that kind of get the mind going. And then once you've memorized scripture, review scriptures you've learned before. Go back to them. Reflect on them your whole life through. I mean, keep a record of scriptures you decide to memorize. So have a file on your computer or a book where you, you write down scriptures that you've attempted to memorize. And then, and then you can keep going back to them. And it is a case of use it or lose it. The more you uh, use memorized scripture in your prayers and your ministry to others, the more it becomes internalized in you. And then sort of with little scriptures, hey, but what about doing a chunk of scripture. I remember memorizing a psalm, one whole psalm, and every night uh, in my early 20s, I'd go for a walk, and I would just go over that psalm again and again. It was a prayer, and it would become my prayer. It was a long section of scripture. Okay, so what we're going to do now is we're going to do some scripture memorizing. I have written down my 40 uh, verses that I recommend to anybody saying, okay, which verses should I memorize? I'm like, start with these 40, and then there's, there's a lot more after that. And uh, we're going to pass around, Johannes, if you can just find a way of getting one to everyone. If you have got a shocking memory and you don't think you can me memorize a long one and you land up with a big piece of paper, quickly swap it with a friend who's got a shorter one. So some of you get longer verses, some of you get shorter verses. <coughs> you get two. <laughs> Did you? Okay. You're specially chosen. And then, guys, once you get the verse, how many minutes do you need to memorize it? <laughs> okay, so you can, you've, got, you've got five minutes to memorize it. 
and you can do it here quietly, but if, if saying it aloud helps, saying it aloud, then go outside and say it. Walk around, you can say this thing. But come back in, not in six minutes, in five minutes. Okay. Um, what about just getting in pairs and then seeing if you can not look at it and recite the whole thing to each other? <laughs> How did that go? How did that go? Did you actually get to memorize it? Did it stick? Awesome, eh? And it came out your mouth then also. <laughs> and what did it feel like even saying those words? Eh? They, go, they went deeper in than they were. Before they were just on a page in a book over there. Now they're in you. Um, someone asked me the question, how important is it to remember the reference? And I, in the early days, I was, it was very important you remember the, the reference. The, you, know, you have to know the, the chapter, the book, the verse. But um, I've come to think maybe it's more important just to remember the book and the chapter. Because it's like finding a house. You don't really need to know the <laughs> number of the house, just you remember the road. Job 23, okay, I'll, I'll find it. You can at least look it up. Um, so that, that's my, my advice. However, if you like memorizing numbers... Slap on that extra number two. House number can work too. Okay, you're going to come back to that scripture now, now. Second thing. So firstly, re memorize scripture. And then my second point today, uh, and uh, the last point of this message is reflect on scripture. Reflect on scripture. I mean, to draw strength from food, we need to chew on it. My mom always said, you know, when you eat steak, she'd like at the end of the month, I had a single mom and she'd come home with steak. It was like rump steak. It's time that we could afford like, you know, meat. And then she'd say, Taryn, 40 chews, 40 chews, you're swallowing too quick. And uh, <laughs> I don't think I've ever done more than like 19 chews in my whole life. But I've tried to do more chews than, than, I, than, I, than I did. And I, I, Judy can tell you I've choked enough times. Oh my goodness. Trying to swallow on two six um, <laughs> but that that picture of chewing breaking it down breaking it down absorbing it it actually is the word the hebrew word for meditate meditate actually has that association of a cow ruminating chewing ruminating that's the english word that means both eh? animal ruminates is that the right word and and we ruminate Paul uh, says this in 2 Timothy chapter 2. I can't remember the house number, but if I was in the road, I could find it. Uh, reflect on what I'm saying, and the Lord will give you insight into it. What a cool verse. Paul just said a whole bunch of stuff. You could read it before. Awesome stuff. And then he says, hey, reflect on what I'm saying, and the Lord will give you insight into it. Like, in other words, read again what I just wrote. And he's actually just slapped on a whole bunch of cool analogies. And then he's saying, I know you read that fast, Timothy, but now go over it again. Reflect on what I'm saying, and the Lord will give you insight into it. But think about that. The Lord giving you insight into the Scripture. I mean, that's amazing. You, you don't just have God's Word. You've got God's Spirit giving you insight as you reflect on it. And, uh, you know, the word meditate is a bit of a tricky word because actually it's a biblical word. You know, meditate on God's word day and night and you'll be successful in all you do. Joshua 1 verse 8, whatever it is. But, but the word meditate is also used in the East. And it's a different, the Eastern meditation is actually kind of like um, emptying the mind. Whereas biblical meditation is filling the mind. Filling the mind with God's word. So in other words, your mind is in high gear. 
Meditating is, a, you're actually engaging the mind. And as your mind is in high gear, the spirit draws near. Did you see I'd rhyme? <laughs> so you reflect, and the Lord gives you insight. But you've got to be thinking over it, thinking over it. It's amazing. Scriptures you've read a hundred times, you miss some things. You miss some things. You reflect, and God gives you more light, helps you see something, helps you connect this with something else. And uh, you'd be glad to know that biblical meditation is not for advanced people. In fact, all of us know how to ruminate. What's the most common form of ruminating? Worry. You know what it is? You wake up four in the morning. Can't get one thought out your head. Just go round and round and round and round and round and round and round. A few years ago, I went through a horrible experience in my own life's journey where I, went, I had to go to a therapist, and she said, you know what your problem is? You are perseverating. I'm like, I'm what? <laughs> perseverating means you, you got stuck on a thought, and you just looped it down. You've gone so deep in it. You, you thought if you just follow that thing around enough times, you'll pop out on the other side, but you just got so deep. And, uh, you know, that was my prayer, like, God, how to break that, what happened in my mind. It, it, just, if you're wondering what the heck I was, I'd gone through a difficult situation that I'd analyzed into touch. I'd overanalyzed. <laughs> and it just kept going rounded and rounded and rounded. So uh, meditating is choosing what you want to think about, focusing on the reality of God, taking the inspired scripture, reflecting on what God's word says. And uh, just a bunch of ideas here, how you can build um, scripture reflection into your life. Let's say you read a chapter of the Bible, okay, it's like your daily Bible reading. You read a chapter of the Bible, you about to close the book and run off, and then you go, hang on, what did Terence say about reflecting on scripture? So the first thing is, just choose one verse or a portion of a verse. Okay, so you read 18 verses, well done, but I choose one, just one, any one, or a part of a verse. Okay, now read that repeatedly and slowly to yourself. So before you actually swallow foods, like I said, you've got 40 chews. So go over this again and again. And one really simple way of reflecting on Scripture is to just say it again to yourself, again and again. But just each time put the emphasis on a different word. So say in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, uh, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. Craig Duvall taught me that when I was a teenager. But now you've got this verse, I'm a new creation in Christ. So first time you go over it, I am a new creation in Christ. I am a new creation in Christ. I'm 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 a new creation in Christ. You see how much you got out of that? Eh? It was very simple. You just go over it. It's, you're just letting it soak in. Uh, you know, you're just letting it go deeper in. Uh, you know, in Cape Town, you, you, you don't have rain forever, then you have a flash flood. Oh, flip, we lose all of that. It just takes our topsoil. And you want like a slower rain that just goes a, long, a lot longer. So you're just wanting to soak in. So it's about slowing down on something and going over it again and again and again. And uh, drawing something new out. You rely on the Holy Spirit to give you ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. I want to speak to you about that in my next session. And you're saying, God, please guide me, empower me. Give me an appreciation for what's here. And then, and then 
if you do this in the day and let's say you read a verse, why don't you write it down or memorize it and then take it with you in the day and then it's like treat it like a packed lunch. It's like, what are you going to meditate on today? Well, it's the verse that stuck out to you in your Bible reading this morning. It's so doable, and it'll make such a qualitative difference to your relationship with God. Because what it does, it connects your Bible reading to the day. So you read a a chapter, you choose a verse, you write it down, you, you do a little bit of meditating on it. Then you're in the traffic, and your mind's all over the place, and then you go, hey, Let's chew on what, let's, let's pull out that packed lunch and you go over it again. You go over it again. And then the next day, another one. So you give each verse a 24-hour chance of, you know, chewing on it, like biltong, I suppose. So that's, that's, that's one simple method, um, reflecting on Scripture. There is a, a I want to, in our next session, we're going to do something called Lecture Divina, Many scripture meditators like to use it. It's a practice that goes back to the Benedictine monks of the 6th century. Uh, It means divine reading, and it's built around the need to regularly encounter God through through prayerful scriptural meditation. It consists of five parts, silentio, lectio, meditatio, ratio, and contemplatio. Cool words, hey? Don't worry, you don't probably know know what they mean. We're going to do a little bit of it just now. It sounds fancier than it is. But just a little bit of the question, hearing God in Scripture. When we talk about hearing God as we reflect on Scripture, I mean, it sometimes raises some concerns. I mean, are we meant to find out the ancient meaning and timeless message in a passage and then call it quits? Because, by the way, in my book, I've got two chapters on making sure you actually know what the Bible means. You don't get to impose your meaning on the Bible. The meaning is there for you to excavate through good Bible study and interpretive principles. But now, but is that it? It's just an intellectual exercise. So once you've analyzed 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, you should get something from it and everybody else should get exactly the same thing. So, I mean, there is some truth to that. But uh, if I can just say, I don't think it's the whole picture because, because, and certainly God's Spirit will never say something to you that contradicts, you know, what's in the passage. But, but I've found that, and I'm going to speak about this just now, the Spirit's role, uh, He has a way of encountering us through Scripture. So we engage our minds and hearts in scriptural reflection. But nonetheless, we need to depend on the Holy Spirit to give us personal insight into the truth as He's vested in the passage, as well as give us a nudge in the ways that we might personally apply this insight to our own particular situation. So you'll see it just now. A group of us, we will go over a passage and then we'll say, so what did, what did God highlight to you? And we're all going to end up saying something different. Um, but none of what God shows us should contradict the original meaning of the passage. What the Spirit is doing is He's saying, hey, you right now in your season of life, notice this and then think about how this can apply to your situation. So that's a special work of the Spirit. Um, okay, I just want to get a little bit nerdy with you guys. Speech act theory, locution, elocution, perlocution. Locution are the words. Elocution is the meaning behind the words, and perlocution is the effect of the words. So we're uh, leaving home, and I say, uh, guys, we le- I say to one of my children, we're leaving in five minutes. That's what I say. What I mean is, get your bags ready, get in the car, we're leaving in five minutes. The perlocution, the kid is in the car in ten minutes. 
Okay. Okay. So that's locution of the actual words. Elocution is the meaning in the words. Perlocution is the effect of the words on someone else. And uh, the Spirit of God inspired the words, the locution. But there's also a meaning in the words. When you look at the flow of the argument, often the reader is saying something that they might not realize in the wording, but if you look at the flow of argument, what he's actually saying, the elocution. And, and then the original writers were writing 1 Corinthians to the Corinthian church because he was looking for a perlocution. He was hoping for an intended effect. The question is, does the Spirit reapply the passage? If uh, we're not the Corinthian church, but now we're reading the letter to the Corinthians, we've got a situation where the, we're reading a letter that wasn't written to us, but it was written for us. So... Certainly, we've got to find out the Spirit-inspired locution. Like It's right there, the words, and the Spirit-inspired um, um, elocution. But now, as we read it, we can expect a different perlocution. <laughs> the Spirit is going to reapply those same verses and the, and the truth vested into, into our lives in a different way. So the same way, now I've got lots of kids, and I'll say, guys, we're leaving in five minutes. Well, it turns out one kid is ready to go and finds these words quite comforting. They've packed their lunch. Yay, about time. Two other kids are behind the curve in terms of getting ready. And one person packs their lunch box, and the other one looks for their homework and gets it signed. So you've got the same locution, the same elocution, but you've got three different perlocutions. The Spirit of God is involved not just in giving the locution of Scripture and the elocution. He is still involved in the perlocution, the intended effect of a passage. All that to just present an argument for why each of us, we can ponder Scripture and we can expect something fresh and timeless from the Holy Spirit. And why a group of people can read the same passage and we all get something different out. Okay, four other ways that we can experience Scripture. I'm not going to uh, unpack them at all. We can pray Scripture. We can sing Scripture. We can journal Scripture. We can imagine Scripture. But what I want us to do now is reflect on Scripture. And guess which Scripture you're going to reflect on? The one in your mouth. Just, you know, you just put it in your mouth. Memorizing, now it's in your mouth. Now, chew it. So what I want to do is I want to give you uh, five minutes to chew on your verse. Not to analyze it, but to experience it. Just go over it again slowly. If it's a very long one, maybe you just want to hone in on one part of it, that's fine. You just loop it over it again and again. And then just listen for the, the, the perlocution <laughs> that the Holy Spirit might be giving you. Guys, so just a little uh, practice that some people find helpful is if you have a journal, um, VIP, Verse Insight Prayer, Verse Insight Prayer. So you read your chapter or your portion of scripture, then you choose a verse, write it down. Then you, you reflect on it a little bit, you write down the insight, and then you write a prayer, VIP. And uh, it's amazing how it gives you a feeling of like, wow, I actually got something out of that passage, I'm ready to go. And also you've got yourself a packed lunch. So guys, we're going to have a break now for how long? Before the next session, how does it work? Half, half an hour. And, uh, but here's what I want you to do in that half an hour. Ask the Holy Spirit which person you need to go to and say, hey, I've got to, I think God highlighted you to me. I'd love to quote the scripture over your life, speak it over your life. Okay? <laughs> go for it.